every four years, almost, it seems the whole world comes together for one glorious event, the Olympic Games. Millions watch as the best in the world compete with honor for their country, bringing with it cheers, tears, and plenty of nostalgia. In this episode of the show, we traverse the iconic Olympic rings as we remember our favorite mascots, memories, and champions. Pass the torch and stand on the pedestal. This is Way Back Attack. Welcome to Way Back Attack. My name is Brian Grantham, and sitting across the field of challenge and tears and stuff like you said is <laughs> Preston Burt. Preston, are you ready to compete for the hearts of millions? I don't know, but I may shed, shed a few tears here and there. Uh, I thought you were going to say field of dreams. I was like, well, that's, I don't know, I guess it is a summer sport. Okay, I see where you're going here. But Track and field. Yeah. Hey, they play baseball. Uh, anyway, yeah. Well, I'm glad to be back. It's been uh, quite some time since we had a live show. You'd mm -hmm. think both of us would be tan, um, but that is not the case. <laughs> we are basement dwellers still, but no, um, it's nice to get a little rejuvenation and, and tend to some family stuff, but we're very happy to be back for another episode of our summer series. Um, you know, this it's, it's really cool that we get to talk about these fun summer topics, but this year especially is a, a new topic that we haven't done yet because we didn't get to have it last year. Yeah. So as I talked about in, in our um, intro, you know, it's kind of weird that this year, I think this is the first time it was delayed um, a year. It was It was the first time it was delayed. It's been canceled It before, has. Yeah, but... they've had wars and things like mm -hmm. wars getting in the way of stuff. My goodness. But yes. So this, this uh, episode is all about our Summer Olympics. Yeah. And you know what I think is hilarious about it is that, you know, even with it being delayed, it is still called the Tokyo 2020 Summer Olympics. Oh, really? Yeah, because um, they had you know, all the marketing and branding that they had already done for <laughs> right. it. And so like, we don't want to reprint that. Yeah, they just, they just kept the name the same. So it's the, um, it's the first time it's been postponed and rescheduled, uh, but keeping the name the same baby. So that's cool. Well, before we dive back into uh summer Olympic talk, I mean, it has been a while. Let's catch mm -hmm. up. Anything been going on with you? Anything cool? Uh, yeah. So, um, you know, I started going out and doing some things. Um, I have, uh, I went to vertigo, Pinball, cool. Uh, they have a great logo. Um, I love it, and their shirts are super comfortable. So, uh, <laughs> but it's a new pinball arcade up in Blue Ridge, uh, and um, went which over is there. a great tourist town uh, in the Blue Ridge Mountains. If you've never been in in North Georgia, there it is really cool. Yeah. I I had never been. Oh, really? Yeah, and so it was. I didn't go anywhere else. You well, can ride an old timey train, especially it's pretty during the fall. Yeah, from Blue Ridge across the border into Tennessee, mm -hmm. and watch the fall colors. It's really cool. Oh, maybe maybe I'll have to do that because we went we went there. Paige and I went there, and then we ate dinner directly next door because uh, they had um, like it's like a German bar, and it's mm -hmm. like they had like sausages and stuff. So I wanted to get a bratwurst or something. That's cool. Yeah. Um, uh, but I think that's it. You know, I got. I've been waiting on pins and needles for um, NECA's re-releasing the quarter-inch uh, movie Ninja Turtles, and I've been missing two of them. And so, uh, been on the hunt. They're supposed to be out. I've, I've got them reserved, um, okay. but they're supposed to be out, but they just haven't come in yet. So, and they also have that um, new Stern Pinball Loot Crate that comes with an exclusive Shredder figure. Do you see that? Yeah, but I haven't seen that anywhere. Uh, me either. I mean, I saw that it exists. I haven't seen it in person. Yeah. Otherwise, I would have picked it up for you, buddy. Yeah, I appreciate it. But <laughs> how about you? What have you been up to? Uh, so, you know, family stuff, beach vacation, um, anniversary trips. Had a really nice 20th wedding anniversary. That was really fun. Mm -hmm. um, and we actually popped into Asheville, and I, I popped into the uh, pinball museum up there. Yep. That was fun. And then... Um, Were all the games leaning right? <laughs> I d forgot to pay attention to that. <laughs> I actually didn't stay that long. We were doing some other stuff, but um, I went to Greenville, South Carolina. The, mm -hmm. I forget it was last week. Yeah. No, I don't know. It was last week. Last, was last weekend. weekend. Yeah. Uh -huh. Wow. It seems like forever ago, but I went to uh, Southeast game exchange in Greenville, South Carolina. It's a, a retro console video game type show. I was out there promoting SFGE and mm -hmm. um, 
And then it was fun because we got to go visit our friend Mike and his, uh, you mentioned um, the pinball bar. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mike has upstate pinball and arcade museum in Simpsonville, South Carolina, which plug for that. It's a great location. Got some really nice uh, like community restaurants and stuff nearby. Great collection. Mike Martin's an awesome guy. Um, Check out his stuff. Cool. Yeah. So a lot of pinball going on. Did you play the Mandalorian? No, they didn't have that one oh, there. They had it. They had it at, at, at Vertigo. Vertigo. Yep. Ooh, I'll have to check it out. That was that was the main reason I went. It's a long drive. <laughs> it <so>. is. <laughs> uh, well, you got to go during. You got to time it right in the fall. They've got the, um, you know, apple orchards and stuff like that. And then for all the nostalgia buffs, since you're watching the show, Blue Ridge is also where I went with and took my family last year in the middle of pandemic to our first ever. Drive-in movie theater. Remember me telling you about mm, that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're one of the few drive-in movie theater locations left in Georgia, and uh, I think they're still running things. So you should check it out. It's it's like three hours away, right? Blue Ridge? Oh no, wait, that was when I went to no the other place. <laughs> Blue Ridge is like an hour and change. Okay. Yeah, and it's all like windy mountain roads. It is. So it's if you get car sick, yeah, <laughs> that's not good. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Well, it is that time to talk about tonight's theme, which, as we said at the top of the show. The Summer Olympics, and I, because it's our summer series, is why we're talking about the Summer Olympics in general. We have a lot of Olympic memories. I was going through here, I was thinking about, oh wow, uh, we could talk about the 1980s Olympics hockey hockey team, Miracle on Ice. Mm-hmm. I remember that, mm-hmm. and then like Nancy Kerrigan and Tanya Harding. And I was like, wait, <laughs> those are all winter sports. This is the summer series, man. So we're we're talking summer games, plenty of memories. And I know you have some right off the bat. Yeah, and it is funny because I, when I first, like when we talked about doing the Olympics, I was, I, I was like, oh, we've already done cool runnings, and then I was like, wait, that's winter. Oh yeah, and that I, was I, another I, one I thought I, about I, too. So right. it is funny because like, um, you know, and then uh, Topic, uh, what's that movie? Um, uh, cutting edge. Yeah, cutting edge. And it's like, like I kept thinking the stuff like that, and I was like, no, it's Summer Olympics, and it's weird to think that there's not really like. Any big Summer Olympic movies that I can think of? I know. I was doing Google search terms, <laughs> Olympic movies, and all I saw was cool runnings. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so the reason we did this, obviously it fits within our theme, but, like, these were touchstones of our childhood mm-hmm. every four years. And I want to talk about this because this is another instance where I feel like our kids are not getting the same experience that we are because of their variety of entertainment Mm -hmm. when we were kids there were um, this is like grandpa talk here but there were like five six stations that everybody watched and you know the summer olympics dominated abc or nbc or whatever Mm -hmm. channel it was and like that's all you saw commercial break after commercial break building up to it the games themselves the after coverage the news in the evening mm-hmm. um reporting out and you know it's over several it's not like a one day event thing it's over several days you know several weeks mm-hmm. so yeah it was like blanket coverage that you couldn't escape it was inescapable right uh-huh and i i watched a lot of it because i was in gymnastics for a long time when i was a kid and so like i always watched gymnastic stuff and and then you know you would get see some of it throughout the day and then like you said at at night during the news they would like do the scores like oh the american team wound up winning Mm -hmm. gold today and and you would see it like on front page of the paper like yeah like the medal uh, count yeah uh uh-huh and like usa today would always have that or like whatever scandal was going on with like oh the referees really dropped the ball on this one and they're under investigation now and stuff so but yeah since I mean, this year, I assume it's going to be on NBC. I think I assume that they still have the rights to it. Yeah. And it's just going to be like on Peacock or whatever. Right. So. But I, I feel like uh, other than knowing it's in Tokyo and knowing that there's, you know, it was delayed because of the pandemic and that they're having all these restrictions because of that still going on. Right. I like I don't know anything about it. <laughs> I mean, I think I know like, you know, a handful of Olympian names. Mm-hmm. Like is Simone Biles going to be there? I don't know who that is. Oh my gosh, she's like the best gymnast of all time. Oh, you know the little the little one. I don't know. Oh my gosh, I all know right. I know that the Chinese were having underage kids in their their gymnast <laughs> thing back when we were kids. So well, see, I, that just speaks to yep. the fact that we're not as inundated these days with what we were when we were kids growing up. So yep. so for our time period, I feel like uh, I vaguely remember eighty four. Uh huh. Um. 88, not so much. 
But I mean, I you know I remember the Olympic vibe. Yeah. Ninety two and ninety six, mm-hmm. like that was a sweet spot yep. for me and my memories there. Me too. So I'm sure we'll have a lot of those <laughs> topics to talk about tonight. Yeah. Well, for me personally, I have a direct memory of the Olympics because I, I guess it had to be ninety six. I'm pretty sure it was the ninety six Olympics. Um, they had, uh, I was living in Dothan, Alabama at the time and the Olympic torch came through, uh, Dothan, Alabama and was passed off there. So, um, I actually have, uh, these are pictures from, from, I was there when it, when it happened. And these are pictures where, uh, this kid came running up and, uh, he had like a whole posse of people running with him, And then he passed off the Olympic torch to this other guy and this like big ceremony where they talked about how great Dothan is. And this isn't a great mural over here. This is uh, in downtown Dothan. Um, and then it has like this mural is all about the peanut. And, um, <laughs> and then, so that guy was stoked that the, the torch was passed off to him. He held it up high and then he took off with it. And then they had some kind of like um, at the civic center. They, I don't remember if they did something, but I walked up to the guy and said, Hey, can I hold the torch? <laughs> and so I got to hold the Olympic torch. And yeah. so there, there's the, uh, the burned out Olympic torch. That guy looks like kind of like Putin being upset. <laughs> he really does. That, that he angered the Olympic him. Torch. Um, but then we caught up with the guy that had the torch later and my mom was driving and I had the camera and should we, we pulled up next to him and that's a picture of them taking the Olympic torch to the next place. That's really cool. Yeah, it was cool. Like the way that they did is he does not ride a bicycle there's a cop in front of him and he mm-hmm. holds on to the back of the motorcycle and then he let go so I could take the picture and then and then the motorcycle slowed down. Oh, he, so he's keeping up the illusion uh-huh, that he's yeah. riding it the whole way. Yep. <laughs> and so I, I thought that was the best picture ever. That's like, really like, cool, that especially really... for a moving car. Yep. So wow. and like we were like driving into towards oncoming traffic because this was not a big road. So Yeah, I re- I remember that, you know, now that now that you mentioned it with so many different people across the country doing the pass the torch and wh- how far would they run they would only run like not even a quarter of a mile necessarily they tried to pack in as many people getting to pass the torch and run yeah. as possible i remember some kids in my school got to got to do that but i don't think it came directly through my town or anything so mm. um yeah it's a big honor to uh wow. to be able to to touch be it. a part of that i was it i was part of the 1996 olympics look at you <laughs> man wow it from that guy to that guy uh-huh. to you to bicycle dude to mm-hmm. Muhammad Ali. There you go. Look at that. <laughs> the uh, what? And then somebody at some point shot an arrow. So that was pretty cool. Was it? I don't know what year that was. I don't remember. But uh, but anyway, so that is my direct memory of. Uh, I'm assuming it was the 1996 Summer Olympics. That's really cool. So. Well, so other than that, which of course was a very big personal memory for <laughs> yep. you, like generally. What are some of your highlight memories? Like these aren't ones that we're going to talk deeply about, but like what what are some snapshots in your mind that you remember? Um, so I remember, of course, like commercials and stuff that pertain to all the, you know, Coke and McDonald's and all, you know, all the stuff that oh, all the yeah. athletes eat and drink. Yep. So my favorite ones of those, and I don't know if they started them back in the day or only recently, but I know Home Depot does it now. But like I think McDonald's did it too, where they had actual like McDonald's workers mm. who were amateur athletes and they would go uh, compete in the Olympics. So they, they showed them like working behind the grill or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they like take off their hat and then go get their gym bag and go practice. And they're like wishing so-and-so well, and you know, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. That was really cool. Um, I remember the big stuff, right? And I don't think anything bigger in 88, there was anything bigger in 1984 than Mary Lou Retton. Mm-hmm. Do you remember Mary Lou Retton? You're a gymnast. Yes. Uh, I, I mainly remember her because of um, Scrooged. <laughs> she's she's Tiny Tim and oh. Scrooged. <laughs> <I forgot. laughs> That's great. Um, so, yeah, she was the talk of the town. I mean, she was everywhere. Um, her getting perfect 10. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that was awesome. She was on the cover of Wheaties. I was a big yeah. cereal aficionado. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you make the cover of Wheaties, you're golden. And then I remember, like, uh, speaking of gymnasts, later on, I remember Carrie Strug. Do you uh-huh. remember that? Uh-huh. That was a little older. I'm just really bad with names. God, I'm sorry. It, Brian. Is she the one that broke her ankle? Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, she didn't, I don't think she broke it. But, she, that you know, what the Olympics are awesome for and what the 
TV stations are really good at are trying to like create a storyline, mm-hmm. right? And dang it, this one was like movie made, mm-hmm. wherein she ran uh, a vault. Yep. And I guess did okay, didn't do great, whatever. But she needed to run it one more time yep. to get the Olympic team on top. But she had hurt her ankle. She mm-hmm. ran that bad boy anyway. It came down to her. If she yes. screwed it up, they yes. would not have won. She stuck that landing and like hopped around on one foot yep. and then like fell down in tears because of the pain, but got her team the gold. And she got a perfect 10. She, uh, she got a perfect 10. It was score. amazing. It was yep. amazing. She was the uh, talk of the town mm-hmm. um, as well. But then, of course, there was the, uh, you know, before U- Usain Bolt. Yeah. There was another speedrunner in 96 Olympics, breaking world record after world record, Michael Johnson, mm-hmm. like the fastest man alive at the time. Mm-hmm. So awesome. I mean, like, don't you remember any of this stuff? Not really. No. All right. I also remember um, the- There was a guy that broke his leg also, or ankle also, a guy, a guy gymnast. Oh. And then he did like a great- rings routine knowing that he had to dismount from the rings and like land you know but like his leg was broken so oh my god that sounds awful yeah do you remember the greg luganus thing yes i do remember that that was a big deal because that was that was when everyone found out he had aids yeah greg luganus you know he's a famous diver and he hit his head on the board as he dove and he bled in the water and then people were like oh my gosh not immediately then but they found it afterwards well he told him he because he let him know because they had to drain the pool Oh wow! And so, like he, that, that was how everybody found out because he hit his head and blood in the pool. He told everybody that he had AIDS, and then they had to drain the pool and clean it and everything like that. Wow! Yep. Yeah, that, I remember that all over the news too. So, the uh, the biggest memory for us is one that we get to relive, kind of all the time since where we live. Mm-hmm. Yep. I didn't live in Atlanta in 96 but i do live now in atlanta Mm -hmm. and it's everywhere reminders of it are everywhere so it's really cool to you know go go downtown and you see you drive right past it on 85 the giant olympic torch thing that muhammad ali lit Mm -hmm. the flame it's all over there you drive to downtown atlanta right there um you have olympic memorial park or whatever yeah centennial olympic park uh um and we we live right next to where the all the water sports happened yeah the olympic rowing venue Uh, so yeah, that's right in our town. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, constant reminders, but those are the ones that are kind of like national memory. Uh-huh. <laughs> those are some high points. I think that most people listening to this or watching this are like, oh yeah, I remember Mary Retina. Or oh yeah, I remember, I remember that. Um, let's see. I don't think everybody remembers some of the stuff we're gonna be talking about tonight. Yeah. And one of the things I wanted to talk about was. Olympic mascots. Mm-hmm. All right. So I don't, this, there's no musical build for this, but bow, I thought we'd, bow. <laughs> I, I wanted to play the, uh, oh my gosh, I forget the name of it now. It's like buglers something. It's the, it's the Olympic music. Oh, okay. That one. I, you know? I don't know. But I figured we'd get a copyright strike for it. So I didn't play it, but. <laughs> oh, I'm sure we'll get plenty. Buglers dream. I don't know. Anyway, it's the, what the NBC plays for it. So. Did you know that there's a mascot for every single Olympics? No, I did not know that. Oh, do you know when they started doing that? I don't. I didn't do that okay. sort of research. Okay. But f- for the longest time that I, I look back, there has been an Olympic mascot. And so I thought we'd play a little game. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got four years worth or four Olympics worth okay. of mascots. Okay. And I was wondering if you could do two things. Yes name the olympic mascot i was was worried about that (laughs) and two uh guess the year of the olympic mascot and these are in our years of memory so i'm also going to say let's say the country i'll I'll also give you the country okay yeah yeah, yeah. so three things yeah okay Uh, we'll see if you get so you can get 12 points total okay let's see how good you do we're naming the name the city and the year of these mascots Ooh, the city okay all right so you, you gave them to me in a specific order. Yes. All right. Um, so I'm going to assume... Wait, describe what you're showing okay. first for okay. people who may not so, be watching. So we have a, a threesome here, and it's like a, a, a bird, 
Um, he's saying like, "Hey, what's going on?" And then you got duckbill platypus going, "Hey!" Uh, and then um, a porcupine, or oh no, that I'm gonna say that's an ant. No, because anteaters don't have spikes. Some kind of yellow creature that has a long <laughs> snout and looks like a hedgehog. Okay. Um, all right. So I'm going to assume this is the Sydney Olympics. Correct. Yes. The only reason I guess that is because the duckbill platypus. Uh, and so the Sydney Olympics was 1992, I believe. Correct. All right. No. Oh, dang it. <laughs> 2000. Oh, uh, 2000. Wow. Okay. Um, and then the names of these people, of these characters. Um, all right. So I'm going to go with um, um, Gabby J for the bird. <laughs> Gabby J. Gabby J. <laughs> That's not a knife. <laughs> all right. Um, Plat, platy the the platypus. I'm gonna say that. That's a good guess. And then um, Hedja the hedgehog. <laughs> Very nice. So you got one point on that. <laughs> yes. For, for the correct Sid, for the correct city, the trio you see before you are Ollie, Sid, and Millie, mm. the official mascots of the 2000 Summer Olympics in Sydney, Australia. Now, Ollie, Sid, and Millie uh, are a kookaburra okay a platypus uh-huh and then echidna oh yeah echidna okay. yeah 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 that's what uh, that's, that's what, what knuckles is right yeah, uh-huh yeah so they represent ollie represents the olympic spirit of generosity okay sid represents the environment as well as the activity and energy of australia and their population millie from millennium Mm. represents uh, knows everything about technology and numerical data what it is trying to ruin diamonds what is wrong with millie for what? real <laughs> and houses and stuff and and what's with australia thinking they can jam pack three different mascots into their as their one mascot pretty uh, lame i don't know but recently i had to talk about the difference between mammals and birds and stuff and then I was like, well, there is a mammal that lays eggs. <laughs> and, so, and so it was a nightmare. If you'd have had this cartoon handy, it would yeah, have been a nice been visual explainer. Okay, next up. All right, next up, we are going with, uh, we have a uh, happy bird with a big top hat and bow tie. That's obviously American. Um, and I'm going to say 88 Olympics. Eh, eh, eh. Oh. Why would you say 88 Olympics? Because uh, earlier I, I thought I thought I recalled us talking about the 88 Olympics being in America. <laughs> no. No. Um, all right. So uh, I'm going to say his name is Sam. But what you did, I'll give you, oh, wait, wait. So it's in America, but what city in America? Oh, yeah, yeah. So which mascot? This L.A. Mascot? Correct. All right. Uh, I'm going to say his name is Sam. Uh-huh. Um, and he's an eagle. You yeah. got You got those two right. Yes. Yeah. So it's... Uh, Sam the Olympic Eagle. Not to be confused with Sam the Eagle from the Muppets now. Okay. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Sam the Olympic Eagle was a mascot of the 84 Summer Olympics held in Los Angeles. He's the bald eagle, symbol of the U.S. Pretty pretty on the nose. Right. Uh-huh. No, no far stretch there. I was hoping you'd get that one, all three, but you got two out of three on that oh, one. I'm okay with it. Two, okay. Two out of three ain't bad. Next up. All right. So next I know this one for a fact because I'm going to talk about his creation. Oh, well, maybe you can help me then. What is it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we have a blue blob uh, that is very cartoony, and he um, has the different five different rings that symbolize the different rings of the Olympic rings that I think talk about the different continents. I don't remember. I think it's the continents that participate in the Olympics. Uh, anyways, and he's strutting along, holding a torch up in the air, and his name was originally what is it oh. and then it was shortened to izzy oh because yeah. of because of horrible reception that what is it got yep that's it izzy all right 1996 atlanta boom all three three for three yeah okay and now it's time to fail miserably <laughs> yeah next um, up it sucks because like if i didn't have the first three I would have said, probably I would have said that this was going to be Australia because it looks like some kind of animal that's from Australia. But I'm going to instead say... What is it? What are you looking at? Oh, yeah. Uh, so there is like a brown um, furry creature that has a little bit of a gut. And I'm... 
What do you think? A little that bit does? of a gut. Is that its belly button? No. Or is that like a single I, boob? Well, at first I thought that was his chin, but it's way too low to be his chin. He has like some kind of weird thing protruding from his chest. Yeah, I don't it's know a uniboob. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> that symbolizes kidding. the strength, the inner strength that one needs. I don't know. Uh, so, anyways, I'm gonna say this is China, um, because the art style is very new. Am, am I, is it? No, no. you're wrong. Uh, okay. <laughs> Can I take a second guess? Yes. England. No. Okay. <laughs> no. It's very I cute. said this is going to be from our like prime memory year. So oh, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. from, uh, this is Kobe. Uh-huh. Kobe is the official mascot of the 1992 mm. Summer Olympics in Barcelona, Spain. Kobe, what kind, of, what, what kind of animal do you think that is? Well, Spain, I'm going to say a dog. Correct. Kobe right. is a Catalan sheepdog. All right. He's presented in the Cubist style of Javier Mariscal, as inspired by the interpretations of Picasso. All right. There you go. I like it. Well, um, so Brian, you did not get any points on that one. So <laughs> no. out of 12 possible points, you got a 50%. You got six, six out of 12. Well, I'm okay with it. It's a failing yeah. grade, but yeah. hey. That if you tough. would have sprung those on me, I wouldn't have na- I wouldn't have been able to tell you. I would have gotten be able. To, I would have told you Sam. Uh huh. And I would have guessed on, uh, the year and the location of Izzy, but I w- couldn't have told you its name. Mm-hmm. Um, I had no idea what Sam was called. Uh huh. But it just made sense. Right, Uncle so, Sam. Uh huh. Yeah. On very on the nose with that one. Yeah. He. I mean, I don't know if you watched Count Dunkula when you were a kid on Nickelodeon, but there there was a reoccurring character. That was that looked just like him, but he talked like John Wayne, and, and it was it was a human, um, and uh, but he was like Uncle Sam trying to get Count Dunkin' mm-hmm. to do things. So, mm-hmm. all right, well, I did, I failed, but I'm happy that I got what I got right because I did not think I would do that well. I obviously saw these pictures beforehand, but I didn't know what you're going to ask me about them. And so I was, uh, I was like, okay, <laughs> if maybe he asked like where it's from, I might be able to get that. So. Yeah, well, I mean, just completely ruin the illusion that you have never seen these before, Brian. Oh, but. my bad. <laughs> well, um, you know, Izzy is prob- is the coolest out of all those characters because everything else is like a real living thing. Uh-huh. Um, and Izzy was actually announced at the, um, oh, God, was it Barcelona? Um, well, I don't know. Just check it out. Here it is. <laughs> So this was actually why I thought that it was Australia was before the um, Olympics in Atlanta uh-huh. was because of the Australian announcers for that video. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> um, I was using my knowledge of that video to try to cheat. So, um, but Izzy uh, was the official uh, mascot of the 1996 Summer Olympics that were in Atlanta, and that was the first uh, announcement of them. And in- so they debuted. The, the next Olympics mascot at the current Olympics of the time. Right. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So like, at, I think it was like during the closing ceremonies mm-hmm. or whatever. And so they show off like, Hey, here's a little taste of what's, what's to come. And people hated it. No doubt. Cause you don't know what it is. And it's look weird. Yeah. It's a weird name. It looks weird. It's the first time it wasn't like an animal that mm-hmm. pertained to it. It was like this like abstract design. Right. And I, I when, when we were talking about doing the show, the first thing I thought of was um, Izzy's quest for Olympic gold because I remembered I remembered that character and I thought I think mascots are really fun. Like when I lived in Tampa, we they and the Tampa Bay Lightning were were becoming a like they were starting the the hockey league or the hockey team, 
they did a thing for all the kids in the school. Hey, design our mascot. Mm-hmm. And I designed this bald eagle that had machine guns and bandoliers around him shooting at the air. They didn't choose mine. They chose some stupid storm cloud with lightning Lame. on it. But, um, but man, that, that, that would have been my dream to come up with, with Izzy. Um, so anyways, what Izzy did was Izzy was a blob and Izzy would change into different things pertaining to the Olympics. Right. And the, um, that's why they didn't make it an animal. Like, I mean, I guess you could have an animal doing all those things, Mm -hmm. but it was just, it was just a cool idea. People hated it, hated it. Uh, and, um, they had to go back to the drawing board and redesign it. So they started designing this in 1991. They got um, a marketing camp group to come up with it, come up with the name. What is it? And it was W H A T I Z I T was, was how they spelled it. And there was like this big, like, I don't know where they did it at, but there was like this like plaque of like a birth certificate for Izzy. Um, so when, what is it wound up being extremely unpopular. They went back they to the burned their board. certificate. Yeah, they were like, this never happened. And they changed it to Izzy. They made Izzy have like, if you looked at, if, if you're able to see what we just saw, um, Izzy was very globulous. The C, the CG rendering of it was very globulous and morphed into different things uh, while they were talking about it. What they wound up doing was giving Izzy a, a more uniform shape and a more athletic body so like it had like better arms and legs and stuff like that uh to better ground it and and the anthropomorphism yeah and and so that you could it it was doing the sports instead of like becoming the sports type of thing Mm -hmm. so um i it wasn't in my in my research but i remember when izzy was coming out like that was one of the big things was like the colored rings specifically being on there the stars in the eyes like that kind of thing like talking about the olympics and how trying to incorporate like the logo of of the olympics the the five rings into the character well it was a lot of pressure on atlanta because Mm -hmm. it was the centennial of the olympics yeah the modern olympics started back in 1896 Uh uh-huh um modeling themselves after the you know the ancient games and in in Greece and uh, you know all eyes were on Atlanta they wanted to go all out Mm -hmm. you know like you showed they were trying to make it you know very technological with the morphing and the 3D animation and stuff Mm -hmm. I think they were trying to show you know that America was was at the forefront of technology and and the future but I think it yeah it just failed yeah well with their with them doing the redesign of it part of the plan to make people like it was to market it towards kids. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so Izzy's quest for Olympic gold, uh, was a, uh, a cartoon that they put together. There was multiple video games starring Izzy. Um, and, uh, they really, really pushed it. And that's probably why I remember it so much so well because of how much they pushed it on kids. So, um, I have, we have a clip here from the cartoon, uh, in question. What is that boy doing up there? George? George? For the news outside of the torch world. There's big excitement down below as preparations for the Olympic Games go into high gear. 196 countries will participate this year, and of course, all of us up here in the torch world will be watching. George, please, don't get your son before he brings down the whole ceiling. We're down to the last 30 seconds of this exciting Olympic basketball game. This year's dream. All right. Do you know anything about this cartoon? Well, I didn't until tonight. Oh, okay. When I was like, what is this? <laughs> you know, I'm always one for finding v- lost VHS mm-hmm. treasures. Mm-hmm. And apparently this is something that was thought to be lost for uh, for time. And then finally, last 2020 someone uploaded it to youtube oh really yeah that's cool the um you know since it was being held in atlanta uh ted turner really was pushing helping to push izzy and and excitement for the olympics because they probably were showing it on tnt or something Mm -hmm. like that and so this cartoon was only on tnt yeah and uh and you know um you know let's let's watching it and stuff like that like some of the voices sound familiar i don't i didn't do too much research in it uh into it other than uh basically the story is um Izzy 
like the creatures that they are like live inside the torch they're from torch world yep that's right yep and then you have you have the regular world outside and so like uh you know they they are the spirit of the olympics because that that's what they that's what they live every day they they live in it son so. yeah he's trying to uh collect the five rings which are named for like you know sportsmanship and endurance and integrity mm-hmm. and all these different things to try and once he gets the five rings then he can compete in the olympics but yeah this recording search what's the name of the What's the name of the show? The Izzy's Quest for Olympic Gold. Okay. So search for Izzy's Quest for Olympic Gold on YouTube and you'll find it. Someone ripped the 30-minute episode with commercials, guys, from 1996. Mm. It's a uh, it's pretty fun to watch. Someone, it's not a great it's not a great cartoon, <laughs> but like it'll give you a vibe. That's and, all I'm saying. And someone re-uploaded it with all the cartoons out. So if you hate car- or not cartoon, the all the commercials out. So if you hate commercials, uh, and you you have no nostalgia for old commercials. You can watch that version as well on YouTube. So, <laughs> what a what a weird, very specific piece of pop culture. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. So I remember seeing all kinds of stuff like stuffed animals and stuff. So, all uh, right. Speaking of very specific pieces of pop culture, my next pick for our Olympic memories. If you were alive in '92, then you remember this. <laughs> the world's greatest athlete, Dan or Dave. Dan is a champion decathlete. Dave is a champion decathlete. Dan wears Reebok. Dave wears Reebok. Okay, so who makes the most noise? (laughs) To be settled in Barcelona. Life is short. Play hard, Reebok. Now I just re- I just realized watching that just now that if you're just listening to the show, those were guys making exercise noises and sports noises, um, not just grunting for who knows what reason. But Dan versus Dave. When I added this to the list and you mm-hmm. put this up there, did you remember this ad campaign? I didn't, but when I Got the video. I did remember it once I saw it, but okay. I, I had no idea what this was about. Really? Okay. Well, <laughs> I watched a lot of TV as a kid, and earlier at the show, I talked about how with the limited channels, you know, the the Olympics were inescapable. But even in the 90s, in 92, when people started having cable, basic cable, mm-hmm. um, it didn't matter that the channel you were watching wasn't airing the Olympics. The Olympics were still part of the zeitgeist. Reebok was still putting ads wherever. Mm-hmm. And of course, they were trailing behind Nike. Nike was already the, you know, the Just Do It campaign. They had bow nose. They had all this other stuff. It's hard to believe they were trailing because they had the pump. They did have the <clears throat> pump. They did. But they didn't have all, like all of the world's best athletes were already signed right. to Nike. Mm-hmm. And so that's why they came up with this campaign to elevate unknowns because they could get them cheap. So, you know, everybody knows Michael Jordan. Everybody knows all these other guys that that Nike had. But supposedly in the, you know, the professional athletes world, the decathlon athletes were basically the best, were considered the best in the world. Like That's probably the an, hardest thing. An athlete's athlete, yeah. if you can do all 10 sports uh-huh. or 10 events for this one event at the decathlon, like that's it. That's the penultimate, man. And those are the classic Olympic events. Oh right? yeah, like javelin toss yep. and and all this kind of stuff. And so Dan and Dave at the time were the best, considered the best in the world. Mm-hmm. And so they built this whole ad campaign around them. But um, it didn't go quite as expected. So Dan and Dave are of course Dan O'Brien and Dave Johnson. They were the first and second best decathletes in the country. And they were going to compete against each other in the 92 Barcelona Olympics Games. Uh-huh. So this is a big deal. Like, um, with the nation's eyes on Barcelona and the upcoming Olympics, Reebok went all in, man. They spent $25 million on uh-huh. an ad campaign that aired pretty novelly on the Super Bowl. Okay. 
they came out with four ad spots of 15 seconds. And it's kind of crazy because the first ad spot was like them as babies. And it's like, Dan does so-and-so. Dave does so-and-so. See them in, the, in Barcelona. And it's like, <laughs> nobody knows who these people are. Like, they've never heard of Dan O'Brien or, uh, or Dave Johnson. And then especially showing their baby pictures. And it was only 15 seconds. Uh-huh. And then there was another commercial. And then another commercial. And then they come back with them a little bit older. And they do another 15-second commercial. And basically, it builds it. So it's pretty novel at the time. They did four commercials for $25 million, Right. Uh, or the whole campaign is $25 million, But they did four commercials at the Super Bowl um, to build that up and got people talking. I bet these guys were loving it. Like, on top of getting paid, nobody knew who they were. Right. And then all of a sudden, they're like superstars. Yeah, totally. Um, That's got to be a lot of pressure. Got to be a lot of pressure. <laughs> And they were ranked, you know, there's all these events that don't get a lot of notoriety in between each Olympics, right? right. Like there's uh-huh. all these qualifiers, these world championships, there's Pan Am games, there's like all these things. Right. So they have competed and proved their medal. Like they're <laughs> really, really, really good. They were considered number one and number two. Uh-huh. But what this whole ad campaign didn't account for is the fact that they hadn't yet qualified for the Olympics officially. Right. They weren't part of the Olympic team officially. And it didn't go well because one of the two, Dan O'Brien, failed to qualify at the uh, the pole vault. Man. Um, so he didn't make the Olympic team. Like, uh, I, I was listening to this whole kerfluffle, and basically, out of his whole 15-year career, <laughs> this was like the one day he had a really, really bad performance. And it would just happen to be the Olympic qualifiers. That's crazy. And he didn't make it. So do you, do you know if this was like the last event of the day? Was I don't remember. Uh, shout out to ESPN Thirty for Thirty podcast called "The Trials of Dan and Dave." Uh-huh. You can listen to this. Um, you of course look on Wikipedia too, but it's a really good piece that summarizes this. And that's where I first heard about this. I think they aired it like in 2016. But yeah, um, yeah, a lot more detail there. Well, so silver lining. Yes. Dan didn't get to go, but Dave did. And Dave, uh, he earned bronze. Oh, nice. So he got top three finisher in Atlanta in 96. Oh, sorry. At the Barcelona Games in 92. He retired shortly thereafter. Well, yeah, you got to go out on top. Right. And good for Dave, because even though he didn't get to go to 92, he went to 96, Atlanta, and he took it all, man. He went. He took gold. Man, so he won at the end. I Reebok should have really spun that. Like, well, looks like, like, looks like we got a winner already. Yeah. And then the next, the next Olympics, be like, well, well, now what are we gonna do? It's like, oh my god, he gets the gold. <laughs> <laughs> well, they had to pivot and spin it as it happened because they had they had planned on running this the oh, whole right. uh-huh. through the Olympics, right? Uh-huh. And so, dude didn't qualify, so they they pivoted to where uh, <laughs> I would have hated to be Dan, but. Uh, Dan had to cheer on Dave, <laughs> you know, waving the flag and stuff, rooting for his teammate. But yeah, I mean, I, he got paid, but yeah. still, like, ooh. It'd be funny if they flew him out to go to the Olympics to cheer him, like, while he's <laughs> they doing probably it. did. I'll need to look. <laughs> At least he got a free trip to Barcelona. Uh, and, and then in another twist of fate, later down the road, both of them actually became Nike athletes. So, oh, poor Reebok. Yeah, Reebok wound up losing in the end. But check out that ESPN 30 for 30, the trials of Dan and Dave. And if you were anywhere around in 92, I'm, I hope you remember <laughs> the Dan versus Dave controversy. All right. Well, uh, I don't have anything quite as exciting as, as as that competition between those two and the drama between what happened with them. But um, in uh, the most recent recent issue of Retrofied, I talk about the I do a, a thing about the ultimate road trip, right? Mm-hmm. In video games, at least. And um, I talk about like old PC games uh, and playing those at school. And uh, my next pick is one of those games that I was lucky enough to be able to play at school on, on an Apple II. So. That's that's all I'm gonna. Well, I guess I'll play it in the background because um, there's not really a lot of uh, 
great audio for this. I have to wait till it starts playing <laughs> audio again so I can see which one it is. But anyways, the, um, ah, there it is. All right. So the, uh, summer games for, or summer games two, uh, was, came out. Oh for my a gosh. I remember games. this horrible game. Yes. I love this game so much. Oh, so frustrating. It was, it was like one of those games that you were, you were lucky to be able to play at school because it wasn't a video game, right? It was related to like sports, yeah. I guess. And so like Oregon trail and, and other games like that, uh, it was, it was a game you got to play. Um, so summer games two, it was an Olympic sports game, uh, that was developed and published by epics in North America, uh, and published by us gold in, uh, Europe. And it came out on the um, Commodore 64. It was then ported to the Apple to Apple II, the Atari ST, came out of MS-DOS, the ZX Spectrum, uh, Armstrad, CPC, and Amiga. And so uh, I know we have a lot of friends that are really into the Commodore, ZX Spectrum, and the Amiga. But, man, like this uh, – so right now we're seeing uh, – kayak. Was it's not kayaking. Long – what is it? Kayaking. Is it kayaking? Okay. Uh, and Olympic rowing. Yes. Olympic rowing. And like, I, I like, I, I just have such fond memories of the events for this game. Um, I was going to see if I could scrub through it a little bit, but, uh, it, it basically, it featured eight different, um, events. You, uh, so this was like, you got to pick your different country that you played for. Um, you know, there, there was no licensing. So like you didn't play as like people from it. Uh, we already saw that it starts off with the lighting of the Olympic torch. Um, Oh, a lot of these are going to look the same because some of them are uh, long jumps and stuff like that. So you had um, triple jump, high jump, rowing, javelin throw, equestrian, fencing, kayaking, and cycling. Uh, I, I also, cycling was so hard in this game. I don't know why they just keep doing the same two events. Uh, <laughs> but, um, man, I love this game. So I'm, I'm excited that you also played this game. Yeah, I mean, I really didn't remember it at all until I saw the, <laughs> saw that screen, but I remember the triple jump. Yes. Because uh -huh. I always faulted the, over the line, uh -huh. and then you had to jump three times before you, you hit the sand. Um, this kind of... I think I confused this in my memory with track and field right. from Konami, the arcade game, uh -huh. because it was similar. Yes. Right, and so I thought this maybe had just been a crappy computer version of it right uh -huh. you know because when you ported an arcade game from 83 to an atari it was it looked like swiss cheese is awful right. yeah so i think that's what i thought this was but but no i i do remember playing this in school i like like you said i don't remember why we were allowed to play it mm -hmm. i guess it was just kind of tame and wholesome yeah um but yeah there was no like math or mm -mm. english or history really involved in it but i guess it was just something for variety but yeah i was I was tempted in my picks to pick a video game uh -huh. because there was uh, hypersports and track and field, uh -huh. and then the power pad for the mm -hmm. NES mm -hmm. where you could run and jump. But uh, no, I I didn't even think about this game. Yeah, the um this this game actually did extremely well for uh, Epics. Their first game was really popular. The first summer games they did, they wound up doing like winter games also and and stuff like that. So. Uh, but if you get a chance, there's so many ways to play these old games now. Um, I bet you could probably find it like on good old games on GOG or something, um, like the MS-DOS version of it. But uh, if you got a mister, uh, if anyone out there is into the emulation scene and you got a mister, I know a lot of people use misters for emulating old PC games. So um, that, that man, that game just nothing beats playing video games in school and not getting in trouble for it. <laughs> yeah, <so>. totally, totally. <laughs> Um, Olympic Games, they actually have some more modern ones. They did, you know, their Sonic. Yep. They, I know they Sonic. did one at Rio. Yes. Uh -huh. There's actually a big, like, you can go to Dave & Buster's and play, like, a giant Sonic something. Rio. Now it's the Tokyo one. Oh, they did one for Tokyo, too? Yep. Yeah. The Tokyo one on the Switch is crazy because they did this, like, classic thing. So some of the events are 8-bit. And so you're, like, the 8-bit versions of, like, Mario and Sonic and stuff like that doing events. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, uh, but, and it had like this whole like thing where you were like exploring Tokyo, like this weird story and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I was at Dave and Buster's the other day and I saw the, the new one that they had up there. Wow. So. Yeah. So, I, I mean, it's a popular thing and I love that there's such variety with it. I mean, there's so many different sports. Um, but I was surprised like you earlier that there weren't more tie-ins to the Olympics 
other than the huge marketing consumerism uh-huh. <laughs> that the Olympics have become for commercials for, you know, McDonald's and, mm-hmm. and whatever. But no, man, I, I'm glad we had this episode to where I could kind of relive some of these memories because I wasn't feeling it really this year. You weren't feeling it? I wasn't feeling it. Oh, man. Breakdancing's in the Olympics this year. What? Yeah. For real? Uh Uh-huh. No way. I'm pretty sure. Because I I remember remember it being announced like a couple years ago, and so I assume it's still in the Olympics. Do they bring their own cardboard? Yeah. They they, they probably have Olympic quality cardboard that they're going to go over (laughs) there. Totally. Uh, do they? Do you get judged on the size of your boombox? That would be awesome. I like. I that would be great if they just had like the, the music doesn't have to come out of it. It could come out on the PA, but if they had like at least a boombox next to it. Yeah, and and like part of the Olympic team is like the hype men. Like so, you've got your. It's a team sport where you have like the actual break dancers, but then you got some guys that, that hype them up and go, oh snap! <laughs> you know, this year it's going to be weird because. It, they're like I it's not retro so I didn't bring it up but the um the Lonely Island song about like the Olympics on the moon or whatever that's kind of <laughs> like what's going on this year they're not letting people come to it uh-huh. and everyone's having to stay in these rooms with beds that fall apart if too much weight is on that or they move too fast and stuff and so uh this year's Olympics is going to be off off the chain so. <laughs> it'll definitely be a memorable yeah. one the, um, the year that the Olympics wasn't and the off year that it was, that it still kind of wasn't. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it has a lot of competition to be the most memorable Olympics mm-hmm. because the next thing that I'm going to talk about, I assume that you also will want to talk about it because it was such a big, big Oh, my thing. gosh. I looked through our notes and I was like, yeah, this has to be on there. Yeah. So check this one out. Hey, want to meet the team? Just head over to McDonald's for these exciting USA Olympic Basketball Collector Cups. Some are more exciting than others. Some better looking. Get one free. Free? When you buy any large soft drink. Large, like me. All of them have exciting action graphics and player stats. Not bad. For a limited time, team one up with large fries and a big beefy triple cheeseburger, and you've got yourself the gold medal meal. What you want is what you get. At McDonald's today. Gold medal? All right, the dream team, baby. Oh my gosh! Nothing, nothing was as big or as like heavily hyped up as the dream team was, and for good reason. Like, it's crazy to think how the dream team happened, because um, America wasn't allowed to have professional players right on teams. Um, it had to be amateurs, so it was mm-hmm. usually like college players or, or stuff like that, and um, and they got beat by Russia one year, and so they're like, "Hey, listen, like we're gonna have pros because other countries could have pros, like pros, you know, they weren't NBA pros, but they they had they could have their own pros in it." And so there's this big thing with the uh, or the Olympic organization, a big vote, and there were some people in America that were upset about this because it was mainly colleges because this was a big part of like driving school scholarships and like the school sports programs was, Hey, like we, our basketball team has Olympic athletes on it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but the rules were changed. Russia was obviously, uh, did not want it. Russia tried to get it to where we could only have, Oh, I think before we couldn't have any pros and Russia tried to get it real. No, they can only have two pros. That's, that's the rule. America can only have true. And they were like, no, it can just, just be send whatever. Jordan. It'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, so that happened in the, uh, in 88 It's when Russia beat, or I guess the USSR beat America, uh, in basketball. And then in 1991, they started shaping the dream team, baby. Oh my gosh. Of course, Jordan, right? Yes. Like he's the first name. You get Scotty Pippen uh, because they work so well together. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Stockton and Carl Malone from the Utah Jazz. Magic Johnson of the L.A. Lakers. Larry Bird of the Boston Celtics. Patrick Ewing of the New York Knicks. Chris Mullen of the Golden State Warriors. David Robinson of the San Antonio Spurs. Charles Barkley of the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, and all these players, for the most part, were at the peak of their career. Yeah. Michael Magic Jordan or Magic Jordan. Magic Magic, Jordan. Magic John uh, Magic Johnson wound up not playing because uh he um he had recently announced that he had AIDS. 
And so you had HIV, or the HIV, virus you're right. AIDS. Correct, you're right. And so he wound up not playing, and they they put somebody else in, but he still like went with them. Um, and then there was a couple different other people that were on it as well, but those were like the big names. So what do you like? What a big big team! Oh my gosh, what they sh- they balled out, right? Yes. Like yes. <laughs> to, to use that phrase of basketball, they balled out. They dominated. I mean, Jordan, like you said, at the height of his career and all those guys, it, it truly was the dream team. Like, there's no better phrasing for that. Yeah. Um, it was just pure, pure bliss, pure sports entertainment almost. Uh-huh. Um, it was almost like having the Harlem Globetrotters like watching one of those play matches. A ba- play a high school basketball yeah. team. Yeah. It was, it, was, it was like just the level of, of sport of like – raw talent and sportsmanship mm-hmm. i mean you know like america invented basketball so it's not really fair but now there there was some controversy coming into this i remember because isaiah thomas was going to be on the dream team but jordan's is like i'm not on it if he is uh-huh. so he wasn't on it and then people look back at that time frame and they're like christian leitner over shaquille o'neal uh-huh. uh but shaquille i mean he was pretty young in his career yep. then so mm-hmm. I kind of get it, but regardless, even though some of these guys may not, you know, Christian Leitner doesn't have as, or Chris Mullen doesn't have the name recognition of Larry Bird and and all this. I mean, they knew how to pick them to make a good team. I mean, it was superstars, but it was also a great team. Yes, they worked together as a team. Yeah, John Stockton, like his assists, I mean, he was all over it. And you've seen that with some... Olympic basketball teams in the past couple Olympics where you have some superstars on there that are trying to ham and the, the team doesn't function as well as the dream mm-hmm. team did. Yeah. And um, you know, the uh, they did so well that they wound up sweeping the entire thing. Mm-hmm. And the, the closest they got to losing was beating Croatia by 31 points for the gold, you know, <laughs> like, like that's, that's how, that's how dominant this, this team of players was. Uh-huh. So, Man, I should have picked it up. I saw at uh, a recent Toys show, they had the starting lineup Dream Team set. Uh-huh. Like, they had all of the players in this box set. And, yeah, you're right. When you think of Olympic memories, the 1992 USA Basketball Dream Team is, is up there. Yeah. And, like, you know, I, I said most of the players were at the peak of their career. Um, Larry Bird, his he was having a back injuries during that time, and so like he wasn't really at his peak. But I feel like you couldn't have you had to have Larry Bird. Like like the Bird and Jordan thing was was so strong at the time. Also, you know, um, the rivalry between those two and stuff like that. So, oh gosh, nothing, nothing. Not, what what's the thing like the greatest uh, crossover of all time or whatever? <laughs> so nothing, nothing like I don't I don't even know how else you could have something that big again. And it, you know, it sucks because anything that Jor- that relates to Jordan is like that, you know, but like, I mean, honestly, like I just can't, I can't even fathom what could like, well, and to, and to go from the previous Olympics of pure amateurs. Yes. To yeah. This it's the contrast is so stark. It's like, wow. But I do love, that. I do appreciate that for your video pick for this. She went with the uh, McDonald's <laughs> Cup collection. <laughs> well, there was a couple, there was a bunch of commercials with the Dream Team, but it was usually like Nike and stuff like that. And uh-huh. I remember the McDonald's commercials. <laughs> so I don't remember the Nike commercials. Uh, too but, funny. But yeah. So. All right, my man. Is that our final pick of the evening? That's all of them. Man, that's a good, that was a good collection. I know we missed a bunch. Yes. But uh, you're in a deficit because you don't remember names of famous athletes that competed in the Olympics. So uh, I could just start naming off people and be like, yeah, yeah. I, I remember that. I remember those people running like that. <laughs> no, Brian, that's a swimmer. Oh, oh. Like, I, like, like I remember the, recently the guy that swims really well that got in trouble for um, – recreational use of Michael uh, Phelps Michael Phelps this morning I was trying to remember what his name was in the shower and I was like what was that guy he's his, the winningest I know ever. and I was like I was like all I can remember about him is that his body is like deformed in a way that makes him the perfect aquatic human and so it's but that I don't I just could not remember his name to save my life he's so funny <laughs> oh man well hopefully you'll remember our name 
uh, Wayback Attack, and my name is Preston. You can find me at Square Stiff on Twitter and Instagram. Um, thank you for checking out this show. Like I said, at the top of the show, we were on a vacation for a while, but we're trying to pick back up with some regularity. We're on every other Tuesday night uh-huh. live, and then we release our podcast version on Wednesday. So uh, every two weeks. Brian, where can folks find you and where can folks find the show? So you can email the show at waybackattackshow at gmail.com or find us up on Twitter at wayback underscore attack. I am at B.E. Grantham on Twitter. Um, Preston, if people love the show, yeah, how can they support us? Oh, man, there are so many ways you can support us. First, most importantly, tell your friends. Yes. Like, that's honestly how I found some of the best podcasts mm-hmm. I've listened to and what I love to do hey if you're at a party stuck with someone be like do you listen to podcasts and then you just start comparing the instant friends right there you go so uh if you can do that that'd be awesome in addition you can always rate us on Mm -hmm. your favorite podcast app write a review on itunes that'd be awesome um throw us a like here and there or if you want to be a super fan we also offer a patreon only bonus show um for our patrons and that helps support the show so we can do fun things like um, get some cool gear to make the show better and software and host the site and all kinds of fun stuff. So. Yes. So, uh, but yeah, thank you so much for, for hanging out and watching. Um, now we, we got break dancing to look forward to. So. <laughs> Check it out. We'll, we'll, we'll uh, have to play some of those clips afterwards, man. I'm going to be rocking out to beatbox, boombox songs, break dancing all summer long. I guess we have one more episode for our summer series. Don't know what it is yet. It's a surprise to me, but hopefully it'll be a good one. We'll see you in two weeks. Yeah, we'll check it out then. Peace. See you.